Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into another episode of Five Out. Matt is not with us again today, but we have him reacting to Kyrie Irving, which we will talk about what he said at Media Day regarding the Celtics and everything else there. Russell Westbrook saying that he can have an impact by playing off the ball and also not scoring. And we're going to talk about Jason Tatum. I got a chance to talk to him at Celtics training camp. He talked about his mid-range game at Celtics media day, or more so his three-point game and driving to the rim. I wanted to get some clarification on it. He and I talked a little bit about that. And then we have Damian Lillard versus Shaquille O'Neal. Not on the court, but apparently in the studio. We'll be talking about that and more this episode. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Twitter at 5OutPod and on Instagram at 5OutPod. And we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you haven't subscribed, rated, and reviewed there, please do. We have news. We have shirts coming your way. We're going to talk about that more a little bit later on the show and how you can get those shirts. Because this is a limited amount, limited edition. We'll tell you about that more. Let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be all right with it. Yeah. So did you ever hear um, Ron Artest, his track that was in like 2K15 or whatever? Ron Artest? No. I have it. I, so we had a segment where apparently Fourier wanted to like go back to uh, old players' rap tracks of like players trying to become rappers and how it's always failed. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we had like Shaq, we had Ron Artest. I think we have more in here too. I'm well, trying to go back and dig out some of Damian these. Lillard is, and we're just going to keep this going, Tyler. Damian Lillard, I think, is the best one that I've heard of any... Like serious professional athlete turned into a musical artist. Like I don't count Nelly, who was supposedly like a really good baseball player. I think it was. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head, but there are some guys out there. I think Damian Lillard has to be the best one. That's not necessarily saying much, though. Are we doing the podcast now? Oh yeah, we're doing it now. Yeah, well, you started it. I mean, it was a ton of good. I didn't know if you want to do an, a formal intro. or We did the formal intro. That's we did the formal did the intro, but welcome the people in. Hey, welcome to another hi, edition of 5 Out Pod. Yes, hi, welcome in. That's what, that's what the whole thing is. Thanks. That's no, Matt, thanks for joining us. Sorry. Yeah. Subscribe, rate, review. S- screw you, Matt. Did you not hear that whole thing I just did? I tuned it out. Oh, you did? Okay, all right, good. That, no, that's fine. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that it recorded. That's all I care about. Please, yes, the basketball talk, please. Matt will be back next week. Yes, we can get to the... Well, you started it with the music talking, which I'm all about. Which We, we just want to make sure... The only reason we need to mention this is because Damon Lillard liked one of our tweets because I basically took a side in this feud that he has with Shaq. But yeah. How did that happen? So I, I saw the, the tweet, the screenshot that said, Damian Lillard likes Five Out Pod, but what was the tweet? I mean, what would you even say to him? <laughs> he tweeted out his his uh, response to Shaq's diss track, who was responding to Damian Lillard, I guess saying that he's a better rapper than Shaq. So then I just quote tweeted it and said, oh my, because I was impressed by what Lillard had to say. And he liked it. Like instantly. That was it. That's all it took. 
It's like, oh my. Huh. Like, it's, wow, this is impressive. And Five Out Pod on Twitter, give us a follow. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the blue check mark, so it's not like he can hit the verified tab and see, like, hey, who are the important people talking to me? But apparently he's a fan of Five Out Pod. Apparently. Look at that. So I like it. We'll have to get him on when uh, when he comes to Boston. I'll, I will work on that, actually. But anyway, uh, there's a lot more pressing matters to, to get to. We had the media days and everything like that. There are going to be games, depending on when you're listening to this. There are already games going on. Actually, what am I saying? James Harden already unveiled to the world his uh, stupid running three thing, one-legged three thing that he has. And uh, like I said, we didn't have, we don't have Madden this week. But I did talk to him leading up to this to get his take on a couple things. And one, I did ask him if he had seen James Harden's new shot. And uh, we have his response to the uh, new thing. Do you really honestly think I watch James Harden videos? <laughs> Because there is, there is zero chance in hell I hate watching. I actually did see a clip of him going and roasting. And his, I was like, oh, how does Harden... Why why does Harden do this to his own teammate? And like, yeah, I don't know. He stepped back into the three. And I'm just like... He dribbled the ball 45 times in the possession. Yeah, it was a great video. Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> what it comes down to with this stuff. I mean, why are you, why are you taking that stupid-ass shot? That's no, there's no reason for it. It's like trying to change something about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's great as it is. The game yes. of basketball is perfect. There's been shots been created over the last hundred years, James. Mm-hmm. You are not the one to do it. You're not. You're the not one. Wilt. You're not Michael Jordan. As much as you think you are, by picking up a leg off the floor and shooting, like leaning a certain way to your left or right, that's not revolutionizing the game here, James. It's and, a bad shot. And because you don't think we like it as fans or as media, you think we're at fault for it? I mean, no. Like, no. <laughs> you might be the only person who thinks this is a good, a good idea for your game, Daryl Morey. It's, Daryl Morey. That's Moore. true. Yes. It's an off-balance shot, but Daryl Morey is definitely one who loves it. That's the thing. You're taking a runner three and fading to the side. How does that make any sense in anybody's mind? It'd be one thing if you were like, all right, I'm going to take off from the three and try and shoot a runner going toward the basket. I wouldn't, I wouldn't promote that. No. But I could understand it more than this. You're basically doing what Larry Bird and AI did in like when like the shot clock winds down. We've seen those clips a million times. Oh, yes. That's what you're doing. Off one leg, though. And every so dumb. every youth basketball coach in America probably hates Steph Curry because he's just changing the game for the little kids. That you can take the ten dribbles in between your legs, dance a little bit, and yeah. just fire up a three. Mm-hmm. Every coach in America will despise James Harden's <laughs> running three. Yes, can you imagine that happening on a varsity court here? Uh, you know, in Massachusetts or something mm-hmm. like that. Coaches will lose their mind because they always tell you, get your fucking feet set set, <laughs> set if you want to shoot the basketball. Yes, 100%. It's, it's about beef yep. and setting your feet. When it comes to Steph, he has changed the game in the sense of you know in the gym range because he'll pull up from anywhere. Yeah. And it's impacted the NBA. It's impacted, of course, kids and everything like that. Dude, I mean, even with, with guys that we play our age now, there are people too, taking shots from way too deep for threes. But that... I kind of understand it. It does have somewhat of a positive impact. No one's going to, like, no one with half a brain is going to copy what Harden does, unless you're a kid. No. I, I, that's the only excuse is if you're a child. Other than that, it, you just, the one-legged thing, too, is like, what's, what is the point? I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's dumb. I, I don't know if it's supposed to make him get his shot off faster or 
I guess maybe adds flair to it too. I don't know. Like he's trying to brand himself. Maybe, maybe in a pick and roll, trying to get that big man to come up on him and guard him, so <laughs> maybe he can get. The, I don't understand can't the begin goal to fathom of it. I, don't, I can't begin to fathom it. That's why I'm trying to think of dumb reasons because it doesn't make any sense. In the video where he what unveiled the shot or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like that half court gym that like every major player in the country, NBA wise, seems to be working out in that gym. What mm-hmm. what's up with that? What what's the name of this gym? Where's it at? I need to know more details. I on don't know. This gym. Uh, well, I'll have I to saw D'Angelo Russell working there too. So, really? Yeah. I'll have to work it's on like that. Half court. Yeah. I saw it the first time. I saw, we had seen it in that in that workout, and then he did it against the team he's playing from overseas or whatever the other night. That's why that's one I was referring yeah. to with Matt. But we see it trickled into the WNBA because there was that Las Vegas Aces girl that did it, and she made the shot. Oh, and like, Harden was in attendance for that too, so he was all excited about it. It's like God, no! Now you're gonna get it into the girls. Yeah, her boner just watching the game. He's like, "Oh, they're stealing my move. Oh, I'm revolutionizing the game." Yes. Look I'm, at me, I'm James Harden. I'm doing what Michael couldn't do. But it's just factual that James Harden is a better scorer than Michael Jordan. On a more, I just had to get it into one time. It's a prerequisite. Absolutely. On a more serious note, though, when it comes to the Rockets, Russell Westbrook, in the course of all the, the media day stuff and everything, he was asked about. Playing off the ball because when you look at you know his career, he's a ball dominant guard. That's how he generates his offense. Is how he helps generate offense for everybody else around him. Drive, kick, that's his game. Drive, throw down, whatever. But you're now playing with your former teammate James Harden, who maybe you could have bullied him and had the ball more when you were in Oklahoma City. But now it's Harden's show. Harden's the guy. And as uh, he probably never thought it'd be like this. I don't think so. I don't think any of them would no, have guessed no, that. No. no shot in hell. I mean, in fairness though. I, I like Russ way more than that. Like watching him, I like him his personality way more than Harden. But when you power, when it's the power rankings of those three guys, it's KD, Harden, Russ. I don't think anybody can debate that at this point in terms of who's the best out of those. Like in that in that order, KD, KD, Harden, Russ. Yes. Um, wait, KD, Russ, KD, Harden. One KD, no. two. I'm saying Harden is number two. Right, and then. Oh yeah, I don't disagree with you there. Yeah, I, I don't disagree as much as I would love to. I can't. I don't think. I don't. Even, and Matt's not here to defend himself, but I don't think he would uh, disagree with me either. As much as no. he hates Harden more than both of both of us. And not to go down like a tangent or a rabbit hole here, but the Thunder get killed for trading James Harden and deciding to keep Serge Ibaka. I remember reading something from I think it was Zach Lowe. Okay. I think it was Zach Lowe, and he had surveyed like every, you know, like 50 executives around the league, whatever, anonymous survey around the league. They do this a lot. And he asked them, at that time of the trade, did you agree with what the Thunder did, choosing to keep Serge, a big man who could shoot and stretch the team, mm-hmm. and letting more of those shots go to a Harden, or I'm sorry, to a Durant and Westbrook, and choosing to trade Harden? And I think the majority of the league thought that was the correct move. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, in hindsight, I think we kind of, as a media and especially basketball fans, people do rip the thunder for trading away James Harden. But in hindsight, I don't think it was the worst move. No, I don't either. I mean, I liked, I actually liked Harden back then. I, I didn't see him doing this. I mean, obviously, he wasn't doing the stupid stuff he's unveiling this year. But I didn't. I don't think anybody was going to predict that he was going to turn to. No, no, no one predicted he was going to become an MVP candidate. No matter what Daryl Moore said, said in that interview, no, because he makes it sound like he was going to be the best guy. And I mean, he apparently it makes him, him look smarter. He is the best. Exactly, he is the best guy coming out of that deal. No shot in hell did anybody foresee that. I mean, and I would have thought. I mean, I get the him versus Serge, but now you could say him versus Russ, and no one would have done that. No one would have said, "Yeah, we're going to get rid of." Russell Westbrook instead of James Harden at that time of the deal. There's no way. And the surge I kind of get, but 
Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty now. Uh, last note on that story, by the way, Mitch McGarry was involved in that trade for James Harden. Was he? Yeah, so the Rockets pick ended up being, I think, 22 that year, and oh. it was a part of the package, and they used that first-round pick on Mitch. Oh. So former five-out guest, Mitch McGarry. Friend of the show, yes. At connection to the James Harden trade yeah. to the Rockets so, years ago. Again, and, and off the Rockets, the, the Russell Westbrook stuff was what I did really want to hit on. He thinks that he can play off the ball and be successful still. He thinks he can be impactful without scoring, too. So before Tyler and I give our take on it, I did ask Matt about this as well, and here's what he had to say. Now, do I think he's a competitor and he does want to win? Yes, but he can't He can't sit shotgun and not have the ball. because I Unless he proves me wrong, and, and like I've always talked about, it's not that I'm hating on him as much as I'm hating on Mike D'Antoni's system. Because in that system, Russ isn't going to be moving around without the ball. Is he going to be cool with just standing there and watching someone dribble one-on-one? I don't think so. That's not how Russ has played his whole career. Now, maybe Russ will try to do it for the betterment of the team because he, I think Russ does want to win. I think he's a competitor. I think he wants to win. But I also – I don't think he can – I don't think he's going to be happy just standing on the wing. I just don't. Capable of both. I don't think he's a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. I don't think he'll be a, a high-volume guy in that category. And two, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, mentally it's a thing because if you've done – if you've had the ball in your hands your whole career, how do you go from that to now being second fiddle? Or not having the ball in your hand, being off the ball. I just think that's hard. That's a hard mental uh, hurdle, I think. See, and what I asked him in the course of it was, mentally, do you think he can take on that role, take on that, you know, being second fiddle, and physically, in terms of his skills, is he able to impact the game outside of scoring? Which he can. I mean, he gets assists, he gets rebounds. You know, if you want to say some of those those rebounds are padded or whatever, that's fine. But I, I, I agree on some level that, Doing it in terms of a mental standpoint may be the biggest issue for him, but Russ talks about how it's winning's most important with him. I mean, he says how he doesn't want to team up with guys. I get that he's kind of doing that now, but he's it's not a super team. There's not, I mean, Capella's not a third guy in that vein. I would say. So I think that I do think mentally he'll be able to do it, but in terms of like playing off the ball and scoring. He's not going to do anything for it. It's you. a different mindset. I, I think just the way you attack the game and, and defense is like, you, we were talking about putting James Harden in the corner, and that's probably where you're going to put him at. You know, I wouldn't say bury him in the corner, but he's going to be a guy who's going to shake up when the ball goes into the paint. So it's not like he's going to be just standing there watching the entire time. Mm-hmm. But he is a guy who will shoot 35 36% in his career from three and lead the league in three-point attempts per game. So I don't know if he does that again this year because I don't think he's going to be as ball dominant. I, I, Chris Paul obviously was the ball handler with James splitting the time with him. But Russ, I think, is more prone to not having it in his hand as much. So we, we're kind of talking about the role of James Harden playing off the ball more. I almost see it maybe going the other way. You think if anybody's I mean, if there's one guy who's more capable of being impactful, it's Harden being off the ball. Yeah, I firmly believe that. I mean, because he has a shot. Oh yeah, Russ Westbrook. I mean, from three, he's. I mean, we've seen years where he shot what under thirty percent. Right. How are you going to do that? I mean, you're just going to slash the whole time. I just don't see how that's going to work when Harden wants to drive and kick. It's just, and like Matt said too, we're we're glossing over the whole fact that it's D'Antoni's offense too. If this was somewhere else, you might be more inclined to find. I mean, look, they're not going to turn into this you know terrible team. Obviously, you add Westbrook, no. it's going to make you good. You're still going to be a good team, but. 
you can't. I don't think you can max out in, in D'Antoni's system. There's no shot with this. No, I I don't know how you can because you're kind of minimizing like the middle tier talent and just mm-hmm. kind of saying you're either becoming a shooter or what a screener. And why? And what's Russ been waiting for? You're reduced to the blocker mover offense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. It's. I mean, the only way I could see it working is if you have one guy run one unit and then what Russ comes in when Harden's not on the floor and that's where you're gonna max out on the two of them, but. Even then, like, uh, how much are you really benefiting from that? I don't. Now, think- when I was talking about James maybe going the other direction, I was kind of thinking about, hey, it went from Chris and James to now Russ and James. Mm-hmm. Now, to your question about who would be the better off-ball player on this team between James and Russ, oh, I don't know. It's um, James. I, I think. I think it's James. Ja- Harden, I think sure. it's James because he's obviously the better shooter. But once you give. Chris, the oh, I'm sorry. Once you give James the ball, you might not get it back though. And right. <laughs> so I mean, you, you throw him the ball and you expect him to immediately shoot it. But then again, what if what if it's a quick closeout? Offense possession's over. Once yep. you give James Harden the ball, you're either expecting him to immediately shoot it or you're not getting it back. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of a workaround way to who is the better off the ball player. And now I'm complaining about James Harden with the ball, but I don't know. The only way he, the only reason I say he's better is because he can drive and he can shoot. Russ is not a shooter. It's just a fact. I mean, why now am I going to believe that he's all of a sudden going to become a shooter when his whole career, his what 10-year NBA career, he's had a chance to do that, and he hasn't done it yet? Am I to assume he's just not worked on it? I don't buy that. You know that game? Like You, you play pickup basketball. Like you've been in open gyms before, playing one-on-one with your friends growing up and stuff. There's a specific game I think James Harden should pick up. And it is a game of just simple one-on-one. Mm. But you know how it was where you could only go driving into the lane. Like, there was a very specific parameters. You couldn't drive far to the left or far to the right. And you could only limit your amount of dribbles. You ever played a game like that, a one-on-one? With, heard, with kind of like restrictions of one-on-one. I've heard restrictions, not those specific ones. Right. But, okay. So we did that in high school. It was kind of to limit your dribbles where you can't... In a, ba- heard, yeah. in a basketball game, yeah. the whole point of it was you cannot just sit there like James Harden and dribble between your legs and dance around. My coach hated that stuff. Yeah. So it was you had three dribbles and you could only dribble literally in the parameters of of the lane lines. Yep. From okay. the top of the key, James needs that. I'm not trying to say that James needs to relearn how to play one on one basketball because he might be the best in the game at one on one. But in terms of the team aspect, it, it it really does kind of destroy the Rockets. These guys are going to be, I think, more than any team this year. Well, I mean, you have the you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, who are going to be exciting. But these guys are right up there for must watch television. I mean, I, I would say top five teams that, like are going to be the most interesting night in and night out. Not necessarily for good reasons. I think the Rockets are probably there with the Clippers. The Clippers, the Lakers, the Nets, I'm very interested to see what they turn into this year. And then, I i don't know, I can't throw the Jazz in there, but I'm excited to see what they're going to look well, like. Well, you're a big Mike Conley guy. I'm a big Mike Conley you, guy. You love that acquisition. And I like Donovan Mitchell a lot, too. And yeah. I mean, I want to see, and then they, I, they have a team that I was very high on when they first made the move, which, by the way, we're definitely going to be doing power rankings right before the season starts. So, like, that, that episode right before games get rolling, we will have that for everybody. But... Yeah, the, either way, the Rockets are like top three teams that are going to be most interesting to watch here. But I did mention the Nets, and of course, around here in the Boston area, all everybody cares about is what the hell Kyrie Irving had to say at his press conference. He said quite a bit about the his time. The most humane things that make us human. We lose track of sometimes. 
You say yeah, yeah. We we do lose track of that. And in, in fairness, the coyote. True statement. Yes, yes, no, very no important. Holes. I sometimes think that I'm a cow, and uh, there are other times I think I'm a deer as well. So. It's, it's 2019, Nick. You can do whatever you want. Okay, thank you. Well, did you ever see that guy who got like surgery to become like a tiger, essentially? Like his oh, Jesus. his no. face. This was way before like like uh, cancel culture and, and all these different things. He had like a face, like legit the surgery. He looked like a tiger. I think he's dead now. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. That is Tattoos. Odd. Very he, odd. Yeah. So anyway, um, so Kyrie talked a lot about about his issues this past year and. Let's just play that first cut where he talks about his um, his grandfather and everything, and then we have Matt's reaction right off of that as well. I wasn't drafted by Boston. I had no type of affiliation with Boston before I left Cleveland. There weren't any works, anything that happened. Boston was a surprise team with Wick and Danny that took the chance on trading for me. And when they did, and the way our first season happened, and then also the way the end of the season happened, and having so much youth and so much exuberance and goals set personally, I think that some of the actual knowledge that needed to be had in terms of being a championship team takes more than just two years. It takes more than just an environment that you feel just comfortable in. Hey, you know, I think I want to resign here if you guys have me. Boston crowd was immense. It was crazy. They loved me in Boston. I loved the Boston fans. And then two weeks later, things just got really really rocky for me in terms of when I left for, I believe you know, after the Phoenix game, I went to my grandfather's memorial, and he passed on October 23rd, and after he passed, basketball was the last thing on my mind. So a lot of basketball and the joy I had from it was sucked away from me, and there was a facial expression that I carried around with me throughout the year. Didn't allow anyone to get close to me in that instance, and it really bothered me, and um, I didn't take... uh, you know, the necessary steps to get counseling or get therapy or anything to deal with someone that close to me dying. I've never dealt with anything like that. Okay, and now we have Matt's reaction first off of all that. Why does he have to lie? I just think he's lying. <laughs> he... Okay. <laughs> so obviously Matt's not a James Harden guy, but not a Kyrie guy either. No, 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 he is definitely, he is not. Oh my God. Why does he have to lie? I just think he's lying. He he's using his grandfather's death to be an excuse for how he acted throughout the whole season. Now, granted, might have uh, might have that affected him for I don't know a, a month at most. Yeah, I, and I you know losing someone is 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 tough, and I don't I'm not trying to say I resent him for that, but to tell me that you blame how you handled yourself professionally for a whole entire season because of one thing, you're you're full of shit. To be honest with you, I think. I think I think personally, you're you're just full of it. You can't tell me that for. That's why I just I watched it. And I'm like, he just thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Like that. Like, and people will be like, oh, that's why he was such a dink because his grandfather died. Well, you know, maybe in a in a in a small window he was, and I could I could understand that. That's gonna affect people. Has Marcus Smart acted like that when he lost his mother? No. That's a great point. That's a, that's the best point that Matt made in the course of all of it. You're you're full of shit. Oh, well, I I don't think I am, but I um but okay, you're you're entitled to your opinion, Matt. But the, seriously, the, the Marcus Smart point is the best one that he made. But again, what I say to that is everybody grieves differently. And I think what happened with all this is he has the issue with his grandfather and then he 
acts like a dink in the course of all that. Fine, whatever. That stuff happens. And then it snowballs into more and more of an issue to the point where I'm sure it just got to where, yeah, that's where it started. But then it, and Kyrie's not going to go into all this detail, I'm sure, but it all started there. And then by the end of it, it's like, I resent you for multiple reasons. And I think when you have a second to look back on it all, that's where it all began. And that's where all the issues kind of stem from. I think. I don't know how many friends Kyrie has or like who he talks to, like how many people are in his circle. Because if he had just any regular Joe in his circle, I think they would tell him, Kyrie, it's bad. Your grandfather died. I'm sorry about that. That's a horrible thing. And. You know, condolences to you and your family. Mm-hmm. But wake the fuck up, man. Like, you ha- you are an American who has a job like everybody else. We talked about Kevin Durant not liking his job because he has some pressures from social media and the media uh, in general with sports. And it's a tough bar for him to meet. Kyrie Irving, you're going to have adversity every day of your life. Yep. And if this is how you respond to it, by blaming others and acting out to the media and changing the course of all your commitments you've made to a franchise who is invested in you, traded for you, and you do this 180 on the fans and you kind of, I don't want to say uh, make an excuse or blame it on, on your grandfather, but I don't think he really wants to blame it on himself. You and, talk about- and so what is he going to do? Say, oh, it was my fault and you know, it was my fault that Jalen Brown and, and Al Horford and all these guys and the young guys didn't mesh with the older Celtics. He's not going to blame himself. No. So he's going to blame a personal event because I think he knows I deserve blame for last year. Well, he said I, but I failed. Right. He, he said he, it. He did, he did say that. I will, <laughs> I will credit Kyrie for that. But I don't think he's going to be like, I didn't have the capacity to lead that team. He said I failed them, but he's couching it by saying, well, I didn't really know how to handle this personal life event. Mm-hmm. Nick, you have stuff that happens every day, I'm sure, that well, I, I have say, no idea about. I was just going to say, you have to deal with OMF for four uh, hours a day. It's a struggle every day. And, you know, <laughs> we all have personal stuff with our families and friends that we go through. Oh, for sure. You you com- compartmentalize stuff like that. That's why Tom Brady, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but that's why he's so great. Because he's got everybody in the sports media pulling at him, and he goes out on Sundays and Football is the only thing. It doesn't matter what's going on in his life. It doesn't matter about, you know, a nickname or or whatever, falling off a cliff that Max Kellerman's calling him. Mm. It's only about the game, and Kyrie seems to forget that and that we worry too much. Or he, I think he thinks that we care too much about him as a person. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to Kyrie, first of all, Everybody does grieve differently. I stand by that wholeheartedly. But I do think that you guys are both right in the sense that he needed to get, like, someone needs to talk to him and tell him. If he was my friend, I would say, like, if it was Matt, I would say, Matt, like, I know, like, I know three of Matt's grandparents fairly well. And if it was, if he'd been grieving for a month, I would talk to him and say, hey, listen, dude, you know, if he's like in his, his, his condo and he's like, you know, close himself off to the world, like, but. You got to get back out there. You got to start doing your work and things like that. Like I would tell him that if it happened. I it's so I understand that point and you talk about dealing with adversity. I remember my when my my first grandparent that I had passed away was 3 4 years ago, but I I can't remember. It was 2016. It was tough. And I had a big job interview in the course of all that. And guess what? And she was I mean I knew it was coming, so I was kind of prepared. But all that's happening, and guess what? I had to go and I had to sack up, and I couldn't let that. I couldn't let that affect me in the middle of a job interview. It's like it's just it's what it is. It's life. So as much as I'm kind of I guess defending Kyrie in comparison to the two of you, I do agree. 
you do need to just grow up and be an adult at some point and realize things like this are going to happen. It's right. it's really unfortunate, but at the same time, people do grieve differently, and I don't doubt that. I don't doubt it impacting for a month or two months, but I just I think by the end of it. It was a snowball effect. I really think it just, from one thing to the next, he pissed one guy off, and then another, and then another, and then it just became a huge mess, and it's the only guy you say, how many friends does he have? Around here, I get the feeling it's only Marcus Smart. That circle is small. Yeah. It's a very small circle. Yeah, I mean, and the guys over there seem very excited about him. I'm Look, I still like watching him play. It doesn't matter. Oh, damn I mean, good basketball player. I, yeah. Super fun to watch. I still, I'll, I'll miss watching him here in Boston. So, but when in, in a couple of the things, so the, the grandfather thing is obviously the big thing. I will say, though, for him to actually talk about it, everybody wants to say, oh, the, the reason's dumb. He did not dance around it. Last year, Kyrie would have danced around that 100%. So it shows he's absolutely in a different space mentally. This, like, last year, man, he would have been, like, and that was Adam, that was Adam Himmelsbach that asked that question, by the way, from it the Globe. So he know he definitely knew who it was. Like, when he, Adam had to say his name and everything like that, we it's not in our cut, but he knows. So he's, he didn't dance around it, and he's either just trying to show a good face right now, or he actually has moved on and is somewhat at peace, but he's still going to get his ass booed when he get, gets here on, uh, was it Thanksgiving Eve? It is Thanksgiving Eve. You think he's coming here? You, I, I think he's coming here, but will be in that nice uh, blazer and jeans on the, on the I, bench. I hope he plays, but I think you're right. I hope he plays, but we'll actually, see. Actually, I'm crazy. There's no way in hell Kyrie Irving, if he's not playing, he's not going to be in the building. There's no way in hell. If he's going to be, be there, he will play. Anyways, but he but the, oh go ahead. I want to play one more cut. It was the cut of, um, about Kyrie and his family relationships being more important than the organization. This is the cut where he says he takes blame for failing his Celtics teammates. Okay. To me, I responded in ways that are uncharacteristic, and like I said, I had to acknowledge that fact, and I had to acknowledge that fact to the organization first because that was our internal bond and trust that we had. I talked to Danny. I wanted to resign. So throughout the year, it started becoming more and more clear that my relationships within my home life have way higher precedent than the organization or anyone. And I barely got a chance to talk to my grandfather before he passed from playing basketball. So you tell me if you would want to go to work every single day knowing that you just lost somebody close to you doing a job every single day that everyone from the outside or anyone internally is protecting you for. Like, hey, just keep being a basketball player. So. Throughout that year, it just became rocky, and a lot of the battles that I thought I could battle through in the team environment, I just wasn't ready for. And I failed those guys in a sense that I didn't give them everything that I could have during that season, especially with the amount of pieces that we had. So my relationships with them personally were great, but in terms of me being a leader in that environment and bringing everyone together, I failed. So that's, first of all, he used precedent incorrectly. There were at least... Five times he did it in the course of his whole press conference. There may have been more, but I know it was a minimum of five times. You're, you're saying we shouldn't have like a grammar or spelling bee between Kyrie and Jermaine Wiggins. Oh, my God. That would be so much Think fun. Think of all the content we can oh get from that. Oh, my God. Dude, I was listening to Wiggy on, on Dale and Keith, and he was talking about uh, the—, the I thought you were talking about like DEFCON 5 and DEFCON 1. He just sounded like such a moron. I mean, it's just typical Wiggy. But, um, but anyway, we, when it comes— so couple things with the Kyrie thing. One, would you want to go back to that job? You know, it sounded, the way he said it, it almost sounded like playing basketball is what led to his grandfather's death. Barely got a chance to talk to my grandfather before he passed from playing basketball. So you tell me if you would want to go to work every single day knowing that you just lost somebody close to you. 
Listen. Yes, I have to come to work every single day, no matter how bad my personal life is. Kyrie, if you don't want to come to work when life sucks for you, tear up the friggin' contract you just signed with the New Jersey Nets, Brooklyn Nets, or whatever, and <laughs> retire. It's Walk a- away from the game. If you don't want to be a committed basketball player paid 30 plus million dollars, then hang up the shoes. You don't have to. To be in this, or you don't have to be in this privileged professional sports league if you don't want to be all encompassing parts of a pro basketball player. He makes it sound like I get that there's a lot to the NBA life and to any pro athlete's life, but he makes it sound like it is impossible to pick up the friggin' phone and talk to this person. I don't know if his grandfather had dementia, I know which is brutal, or, or cancer, or anything serious. I don't get where through all these years. I mean, look, I'm not gonna go and judge his, his personal life, like what his what that thing was his grandfather. But good lord, like I know that I I talked to my dad on the phone twice today. I mean, there are days where I don't talk to him on the phone. I talk to my mom on the phone. Like it's it's not, like I'm up here all day with you, pretty much these past couple of days. Yes, it's not it's not like impossible to be in contact with just on the phone with my brother. It's like you can't not talk. It's like, I don't get it. And- I, I get not visiting them, but like you can communicate with them, which is important. I don't just get into this whole psychological family BS. It's just really stupid. Not to analyze it more, but it's I'm going okay. to right it's now. Okay. Um, but you have to with him. I don't know Kyrie's grandfather. I'm not going to pretend I do, but knowing human nature, wouldn't Kyrie's grandfather want him to put his best foot forward and attack? His dream of being a yes, elite basketball player, then not half-assed it the way he did with the Celtics last year. You it would was, think it was a little embarrassing. And Matt did say that. Matt did say that. And, the, and you know what? The other thing too that was that was big in the course of uh, Kyrie's the first cut that we played was he talked. He took a shot at the young guys again. He absolutely did. Now I he I paid attention to the names he brought up in the course of everything too. He brought up Marcus Smart and he brought up Terry Rozier. I don't know if he brought up Hayward. I don't know if he brought up Horford. I know he didn't bring up Brown, and I know he didn't bring up Tatum in the course of any. But Brown's the guy who I always look at and say that those two. They didn't. And he didn't get along with Terry, did he? Terry Rozier. No, Terry Rozier says they did get along. Remember that he did that whole ESPN thing. It was that Hayward was the, supposedly the issue. That's right. So yeah. yeah so that's the, and then and Terry Rozier is going to be back in town on the. Sixth, so him and his Sunday. fifty million dollars. Yes, so that that I will definitely be in attendance for that. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, but anyway, though, I mean, look, the Kyrie in Brooklyn is going to be fun. I'm very excited for it because they they got some really damn good players there. But I just wonder, like, how quickly like, they're talking over there about the competition that they have going on, and Kenny Atkinson saying it's been good and everything like that. Joe Harris is saying it's good. He and Kyrie are boys from back in Cleveland, so he's going to have some guys on his side. But I do wonder at some point, like, is there going to be tension? I can't not think that that's going to happen at some point. Now, here's a new angle I thought about this Kyrie stuff. So Ooh. he talked about his you know grandfather passing and how uh, family relationships are now very important to him. Compared to basketball, but okay, so his grandfather is has passed away, and now he wants to be back home in Brooklyn. Yep. What is he achieving now by being home closer? He, I don't. You were at, you were there, or you you've heard the entire. Oh, I've, yeah, I'm monitoring everything. So yep. you, you've heard it. Did he single out like, hey, I'm so glad to be back in Brooklyn. I'm much closer to Uncle Joe or Aunt Susie. Or, I mean, he didn't bring him names, but so, does he have to? N- no, in general, I, what 
I guess my question is, he he's going home for a reason. Yep. His grandfather's passed. Mm-hmm. So is he now more excited in general to be closer to family? I think that I think that's the impression that I got is now he can be around them to some extent. What happens? Now, what happens when a bad life event happens to them? I think now he. I think the argument is. Um, I, based on everything, I think the argument would be for him that now he he doesn't look back on it and say, "Man, I wish I had talked to Aunt Sue more." Man, I wish I had you know that's gotten one more dinner with Dad. He doesn't want the what time. ifs. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it came down to with him. But that that's again. You know, that's where you need a friend after that happens to say, dude, your grandfather is not going to resent you. He's not. He's watching over you. All these different things that you can say to somebody to comfort them. And you know what your friend's going right. to want to hear. Like, I know what Matt would want to hear in the court, depending on which grandparent it is. Absolutely. And he's, you know, and if he has regrets, then I tell him, dude, they all they loved you so much that all these things. So it's just and, and the same thing would go with, with my grandparents, too. It's just. It's just so it's it. There are some things about it where I understand. Like again, I get it. Everybody grieves differently, At the, and I don't doubt that Kyrie grieved for a long time. But I don't think that I don't think it's just that's what it was, and this is the end. And, and the thing that's so stupid with it is with Kyrie. Just I'd rather talk about the fact that he's saying he's he's interested in he, he can play off the ball and let Karis Levert bring the ball up the floor and kind of run the offense here and there. I'd like to see that. Well, the, I mean that was the whole issue with him and LeBron, right? Wasn't it that yes. he yeah, he wanted to be the he wanted to be the point guard. LeBron was the point forward. He's the guy bringing the ball up the floor. Now Karis Levert's going to do it. I'm not saying he can't do it, and I'm not saying Kyrie can't shoot from the outside. Obviously he can. And you saw Spencer Dinwiddie. And, exactly. But I, I mean we yeah, exactly. That's he, more ball handlers than the Celtics had last year. It, Exactly. So, what do you? I mean, Dimwitty's obviously the the guy coming off the bench, but is he going to make? I mean, him with Karis Levert, they've already done that. I'm not worried about that for their for their sake. But when it comes to him and Kyrie, is that going to work? I mean, I don't know. And it sounds more and more like as much as Dimwitty knew what was going down with Kyrie early, the more he talks about it, now he might be trying to save face. Oh, he through. absolutely. He, I think he personally recruited Kyrie. I think, well, Joe Harris did too to some extent. Yeah. Joe, I mean, Joe Harris talked about it and said, like, he, the guys talk around the league, blah, 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 and he asked what it was like here. So he had a hand in it too because they played in the past. And, and that, that shows you how much of a joke the NBA tampering is when guys can basically freely come out and say, hey, yeah, I was talking to Kyrie in December. That's yes. why That's why <laughs> I mean, it's so on. stupid. It's the biggest fake hustle ever. It is. It's it's so dumb. It's Oh, we're going to stop the executives. Okay, so you'll you'll cancel out that Kemba Walker deal. But what about freaking AD to, to Los Angeles and then Kawhi getting Paul George and – all this stuff, no, spare me. There's no shot. It's it's a, the biggest waste of time, biggest waste of money, all that. Um, now, one last media day thing in the course of everything. We so I was at Celtics media day. Jason Tams, everybody talked. Jeez, everybody talked at Celtics media day. Most important one to me was probably Jason Tatum. Now we've obviously made it a point here on this show to talk about mid range jumpers. Matt loves it. I love it. I still don't know where you stand on it. You're not. You're an anti. You're anti Jason Tatum's mid range jumpers. I'm anti Jason Tatum mid range because I've seen the foot on the line long twos. And I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. like that at all. You and you're. And a- I'm not a fan of the Kobe long twos because he was a man of, of cut from the same mold. Took took whatever the defense gave him and is what you should do. But I think our very first episode we had that excite or. Uh, we had that debate about you know mid range jays versus layups and threes, and yep. the, the data shows that I'm right on this subject. So the uh, data, exactly. You're you are now a stat junkie, and you're on the same side as Glenn Ordway in the course of this argument oh, too. Geez. Yes, do I need to change my opinion now? Or? Uh, yeah, well, I don't, I don't like that. Now. I will say Glenn isn't 
look, like anything else, you're not not everybody's going to be right about everything. Not everybody's going to be more than likely not everybody's going to be wrong about everything. Glenn is right about one thing. He's a fan of the FIBA World Cup rules. Um, when it comes to goaltending, so I'm, I'm now. Did you explain it to him? Because Glenn likes to be a know-it-all at times. As its producer, I can I can tell you that that you you tell Glenn like, hey, did you see this? Oh yeah, I saw that. They were saying this, and this, and this, and he probably didn't really see it. He's hey, just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you that Kyrie Irving, it's just met that ball, that chemistry, the ball movement is just not good enough. Well, Tyler, I'm concerned. He actually told me that he was a uh, he was worried about how playing teams from overseas. And then NBA guys, how that's going to impact them when the regular season starts. So he's the one that brought it up to me. So he actually told me that he was a fan of it. He likes that, but he doesn't like it when, it, when you know, you got whoever uh, Harden played in China or the, or the Nets are going to go play in China. Like, they're gonna, the Nets are going to deal with that there. Then they're going to come back and get all messed up. But, dude, it's one game. There's no shots going to impact them that much, Glenn. Can we talk about ball movement? You're talking about the movement of the ball. Yes, God, yes, God. that is true. Yeah, it's, it's so that sad. Is true. I'd be the first one to admit there are times I have no balls. Oh, also, yes. Well, <laughs> well, there Deep you go. Cut. But anyway, Jason Tatum, the way he talked, he said he made it sound like to me that mid-range jumpers, when it came to his game, were a thing of the past. Now I wrote about this for EI.com. It's out the same time that the stories, I mean, the podcast is getting tweeted out. So you guys can read the comments there. But we have the full audio cut of me and him talking about it because I wanted to know, hey, like, did, are you not taking mid-range jumpers anymore? Because it was kind of an important part of your game. And you're not going to hear this audio anywhere else, just on the Five Out podcast. Tyler has it ready for us. One I seven. hate Jason Tatum. Oh, wrong cut. Uh, <laughs> That's Christian Fourier. So uh, one of the things that you said the other day that kind of stood out to me a little bit was how you're focusing on getting to the rim more, focusing on threes more. Is the mid-range game kind of something you're valuing less now? I mean, I ain't forgot about it. It's just, you know, you shoot more threes, get to the basket, that kind of opens up opens up the mid-range game. Um, it makes it a little easier for you. Instead of just trying to start there, you know, you keep getting to the basket, free throws. Now you, you lose, you got your, your rhythm in you. Now you can mid-range threes. Okay. Did you feel like you were, in a way, I guess, settling too much last yes. round in the mid-range game? For sure. Oh. Oh, yeah. um, now, I know you worked with, with Kobe quite a bit before. Is that something that you two <laughs> talked about at all, was using the mid-range game? Because that was still an important part of what he did. Yeah, I mean, all right. I don't want people to miss and shoot and think, like, I don't want to shoot no mid-range jumpers. Mm-hmm. It's just, I feel like I'm really, really, really comfortable and good at that. And then I'll try to Work on some other things that may not be as comfortable. Gotcha. Okay. And and how um, when it comes to working with him, how's things? Is there anything different um, that you guys are working on, like year by year progression? Mm, yeah. I mean, you still want to enhance your skills at which you're good at to make them better, but you know, just want to be better every year. So he's not eliminating it altogether. I did not ask him specifically about the ones where he's one step over the three-point line. I understand he that. He shouldn't know those are bad. Right. Well, that's, and I agree. Those are bad shots. But it's not, he's not eliminating it. He's just going to be expanding his game more, which I think is good. My biggest issue with him was not so much taking mid-range jumpers versus threes. I didn't like it where he he had a chance to maybe attack the rim, draw a foul, and then instead he'd pull up from, you know, 
just a little bit too far out. Well, he has a choice of either or, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, that was my biggest issue. I, don't get me wrong. There are times you got to shoot the three, and he, he passed up on it. It's like, what? He did it with Team USA. Like, what the frick are you doing? You're wide open. Just take it. Don't try and get too fancy with it. But I think now he's kind of – basically his discretion is improving, which is huge. So basketball is obviously a game of muscle memory, and I hope he's getting a ton of reps. But he had an answer with you – about mid-range, and it kind of you'd go inside of his head. Here's a short little answer. Really, really, really comfortable and good at that. Yeah. You know, I'm, to... I'm really, really good and comfortable at that. Yes. Really, really, really comfortable. Really, 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 really. I mean, like. Three really. We, we we know you like mid-range Jays. <laughs> so, okay, start to take, a, take, that, take that love and delete it out of your memory here, Jason. I'm not trying to say get rid of it entirely. But we need more threes from you. I think because you had that video where he's just knocking three after three, and it's stationary, and there's no defender. But that is the Jason I expect, where he could hit two, three, four threes in a row for the Celtics and spark a run. That's the thing that I felt like as a now. This could be just you know being a kid versus being an adult and noticing a difference and watching the game in more detail. But I felt like when we were kids, we would see guys knock down open threes with a much higher frequency than they do now. That is something that I get annoyed with. That's probably the thing that annoys me most with the game now, above all else, is guys who don't knock down those open threes. It's, it's just, wait, wait, what's going on? Like, you're only getting... I think the game is... Bec- I, don't, I mean, I think the game might be becoming more athletic and less about the guys like a Mike Miller or a Shane Battier. You mm, know? Shane G- Battier. Guys who, guys who had... Role- that brings it That's back a That's a good one. That's a, I loved him on 2K. I mean, he, was, he was solid. But we got to make our 2K lineup someday, by the way. I want to know. We I'm, will. Yeah. Um, but my point is basically yes. there, there are guys who had roles of literally you're going in the game to hit threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Capono or wow. I mean, a co- I, I'm going deep Eddie House. Here. I'm going deep here. Yeah. Ooh, Eddie House is good. Eddie House yeah. is a good one. By the way, I saw Leon Poe at the Celtics facility today, too. He was very – I think we'll get – if we want him on again, I think uh, I think we need to talk to the salespeople. Now, are you on a handshake uh, friendship basis with Leon Poe, or is it a dap, or is it – Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a full-on, oh, you know, bro hug. You everything. Yes, yes. I like so it. We're like good. It. Yeah, Leon's, Leon is officially a friend of the show, kind of like – Damian Lillard sort of is. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Maybe that we'll, is a transition. There, yes, folks. we'll we'll have to see if uh, maybe Mitch knows some people that know some people. We'll have to we'll have to or when he gets here. Do no. not ask Mitch to rap. <laughs> Do not ask Mitch to rap. Oh please. no, no, that's no. I'm talking about getting getting uh, D Lillard to come on the he show. He would love to come on the show and rap, but he's uh, horrible. Oh my god. Yeah, we, you know we should get him to do our. Actually, we've never even mentioned who does our song. That's actually Matt's brother Ryan who does our intro song. We've gotten some pretty good feedback on that one and uh it's not on itunes or anything you're gonna play it right now or you got this? i can find it uh, no, you're good you're good um but we do want to touch on the dame lillard and uh and shack stuff we talked about it a little bit before so first of all damian lillard in terms of his vocals in terms of the production of his music and everything far superior than shack it is not even close i there are i think i have Four or five songs off his album. There are three bangers. Ricky Bobby, definitely the best one. He's got another one. Wait, Damian Lillard has a song called Ricky Bobby? Oh, yeah. It's oh. it's awesome. It's phenomenal. I'll play, it. I'll play it for you afterwards. It's phenomenal. And he has one, and there's another song on, and I can't remember. I don't think it's Czech, but he has another one on 2K20. He's good. Shaq, he's got some good lines. I'll give Shaq that. Shaq has creativity, but, I mean... 
The he's, guy, also, the, he's also funny. The guy who started in Kazam, I mean, the, his performance bar outside of the basketball court is just a little low. So we have – now, neither of their music is licensed, right? In the court, the, Neither of these songs are. So we can play this music and be fine. Oh, like yes. some of it. So, so the way this all started was that Lillard talked about being the best rapper – the best NBA rapper ever on another podcast. And I'm sorry. I don't know which one it was. And then somehow called out Shaq in the course of it all or whatever. Shaq took offense to it. And then Shaq responded with a diss rap. And we'll play a little bit of a cut for you guys. Which one do we play first? The Shaq. Shaq, okay. Yo, yeah, what's wrong with these little cats? I can tell they little listen to their little raps. Always bragging about their little max contract. Damn dollar little money when it comes to Shaq. You see this flow, got a little Hall of Fame on it. Game shoot jumpers. Shaq still banged on it. <laughs> Can we? What was that line again? I'm gonna go back here a little bit. Dame shoot jumpers. Shaq still bang on it. Well, and the best part is the the video that he put up on I think Instagram where he unleashed all this is like a muppet of him like mouthing out the oh, song. Oh, nice. And then at the end of it, he puts the muppet down behind the boombox and then he comes up out of nowhere making a face. <laughs> Uh, Shaq's the production value, Shaq is just, he's the best. Now, that music bed is hard. That is, what's the difference between me and you, I think it's the title of the song, with mm-hmm. Exhibit and Dr. Dre, I think? Yeah, it's definitely Dre. But, I mean, Nick, you could put out a song on that bed, and, I mean, you'd go platinum. I mean, that is uh, that is a <laughs> banger for a bed. It's, it's tough to do that one wrong. The I best, the, before, you, before you play the Dame cut, okay. the best part about it, though, was somehow he dumps on him for not being like you know as good as one player than the next. And I cannot remember who the first two were he mentioned. And then he goes and says, you're not even Trevor Ariza. Oh, <laughs> Poor Trevor Ariza is just sitting here like, I'm trying to get some shots up at the practice facility and Jack's calling me out. I mean, come <laughs> on. What the hell, man? I'm just trying to, just trying to win a ball, ball games here. Going and dump it on me when you're trying to make fun of Lillard. But let's hear what uh what Dame Dalla had to say. Dalla. Oh. He say he the goat, I come for his body. Plan him cause he bought the copies. Should have just passed me the torch. Hold on. Re- Compare that quality when the beat comes in. He say he the goat, I come. To this, which sounds like it was recorded on a cell phone. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. He say he the goat, I come for his body. Plan him cause he bought the copies. Should've just passed me the torch. I got no remorse. I beat him like Rocky. I feel the tank up with diesel. You jealous of me and I see you. Cause on his day, originals just can't with this sequel. I'm new school, got new hits. Space jam, not blue chips. Hangman, your shoe sh- Dame six, I'm too lit. Big name, God, big it's just, corny. It's so Get much better. It's just not even close. I, I mean the thing is I'll listen to that too. Like, Shaq, you got some funny lines, but the, just in terms of his sound and everything, he's going to surpass you if he hasn't already surpassed you by like a thousand miles. So much better, right, Ty? We're in the same boat here. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, it's more fun. It's not about oh, Damian Lillard roasted Shaq. It's, yep. it's fun. It's the off season. Shaq's got nothing to do. Damian's got to fill time between workouts. Yes, exactly. It's not. Um, we're not talking about like uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem here. No, 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 no. That was that was pretty rough. Uh, shout out to the Lucy and Elaine podcast because uh, Lucy's a big Eminem fan. Anyway, do we have anything I, else? I was going to say, once you brought up this topic, we started out the show talking about other athletes oh, who boy. became rappers. You hadn't heard this one, and this might be my favorite for a former athlete. Actually, it was still an athlete. This was pre-Meta World Peace. This was Ron oh. Artest. 
doing a song called Champion, and this was actually in, I think, 2K14, 15? It's a banger. Moment of silence for the champions, for those who make going hard lifestyle. Cheesy lyrics. I'm going to vomit. We're, gonna lo- we're losing listeners by a second. I apologize, everybody. He loves the ninth inning. He loves game seven. Oh my god, this I'm is Tyson so in his prime. This is so bad. This is so bad. The fact you know those, that many lyrics is, is a little. Oh, I played way too much 2K in my time. But it's not good though. I mean, there's never a good athlete rap besides Damian Lillard. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I'm I'm very impressed by what he's done so far. Uh, well, you can keep that playing. Just keep it down a little bit because we got to tell people about the shirts before we get going. By the way, we don't plug. I don't plug our Twitter handles enough. Obviously, we have the show Twitter Five handle. Five out pod. Five out pod. Tyler at Tyler Devitt. Matt at Matt underscore Madeiras zero one, and I'm at Nick underscore Fryer. So as I mentioned, we have shirts now. One of our, um, I would say, our number one listener of the podcast, uh, Fennis Dembo's Truth on Twitter, has been chirping me week after week after friggin' week about these shirts. And that's I, I blame Rob. That's why I, at Rob at Rob Bradford, are, are my faith, are, uh, the the leader of the pod combination uh, movement, I guess we'll call it. I've been blaming him, and it, I do. I still blame him. But I talked to Fennis Dembo's truth because Fennis Dembo is somebody is actually a person, right? Something maybe it's Rob. It's, it's definitely. I know it's not Rob, but I it's talked not to, too often where I can seem smart, right? It, it, it never happens. Yes. That never happens. Ooh, good uh, observation. But I talked to him. We fo- we found a way to get some shirts. It, I think we're going to have 50 for you guys. They should be in soon. He tweeted out that they're going to be in on Friday after we're recording this show. I'll let you know when they're in hand. And the way you guys are going to be able to get them is the, this first round of 50 is the only time I'm probably – I think it's the only time we're going to offer this. You're going to be able to get these shirts for free. I will. Sh- I'm personally going to ship them to you. But how it happens is you have to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you listen to Stitcher or Spotify, that's fine. I, I don't care. I, iTunes is just the number one one we always think of. Leave a rating and a review there. And what you have to do is you have to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me. Once I see that it's live on whichever platform, then I will then I will send it over to you. You have to DM us on Twitter or Instagram at 5outpod. That is the only way that's going to happen. It's going to go to the first 50. If you've rated the show, you have to go and review it too. So you got to take a screenshot, you got to send it to us. If you it's first come first serve, okay? You know, if you've already reviewed and you don't DM me, then it's then you're shit out of luck. That's just the way it goes. Because I I don't know who you all are, so send us that to at Five Out Pod on Twitter. You do it do it on Twitter if you only have Instagram. Do it there too. Matt and I will be monitoring it and making sure that we get it out to you guys. Once we confirm that you're in that fifth initial fifty, we will then work on getting your address and you know doing the appropriate things to get that stuff delivered to you. But it's the only way you're going to get these. These are the original Five Out shirts. We're going to be having stuff coming out. EI's got like a whole store coming together, and we'll have other shirts. This is going to have our logo on it. I believe the shirt's going to be black. But these are like 
you know, they may be collector's items someday. Who oh. knows? Right? I mean, that's it's the first 50. They're unlike any other that you're going to get again. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled or you get on that right away. And the second you DM me, you reserve your spot and you reserve your shirt. And then we'll, and once I have them in hand, we'll go from there. Also, let me know what size you are between large and XL. Those are the only two I ordered. I assume we have mostly male listeners and mostly you're all larges or XLs. And if you're a kid, you'll grow into it. What's your pants size? I don't oh. know. Oh, geez, Rob. Why are you asking Lucy Bird what her pants are? Okay. What's your pants size? I don't know. Oh, by the way, I'm going to have to deal with Elaine all season because she's interning for oh. the Celtics. Yes. Oh, yeah. Luck. Not looking forward to that. <clears throat> but anyway, Tyler, anything else before we get going? That's it for me. I enjoyed the conversation. Matt joins us next week. Matt will be back next week. Thank God. Good. He's been slacking at home, you know, doing God knows what with himself. But anyways, we will talk to you all again next week. Do you really honestly think I watch James Harden videos? What it do, baby? Yeah. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah I'm just trying to see the light in it I think we should take a ride with it, yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it, yeah I just want to be alright with it I'm just trying to see the light in it I think we should take a ride with it Hey, I got no resolutions, I'm just hoping for some Losers, I'm just hoping for some Losers, I'm just hoping for some Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 